SMS SAFM now on 41391. Tweet at SFM Radio and at Patricia N. Dooley. Social Conversations. Welcome to the Late Night Conversations, A-Teamers, on this International Women's Day. I'm sure the entire day you've had great content and uh, reminders of uh, celebrating the women in your lives. This evening, we're going to be speaking firstly to EFF spokesperson Leanne Mathis, who's going to take us through the history and the journey of this um, auspicious day, International Women's Day. And uh, definitely after that, we'll have a conversation with advocate Brenda Madumise Pajibo, who is a South African advocate and businesswoman around the great strides that women have made, especially in South Africa. Uh, Our property uh, masterclass is going to happen. Um, uh, straight after those conversations, six reasons why a deposit is important when buying property. That's what Mr. Herman Mazabogo is going to be taking us through in the master class this evening. And of course, closet conversations after 11. Hey, I'm not going to mention what we're talking about. You just need to tune in. <laughs> it's going to be sizzling. It's going to be informative. But it's also going to be saucy because Noma Mziza is going to be joining us. 0614. 104107 that is our whatsapp number please do join in on our conversations a team you can also sms on 41391 we are available uh, via call in uh, you can call in on 086-000-2032. thank you very much for joining us leanne good evening and happy international women's day thank you Patricia, and thank you for having us and i wish it was a uh, happier uh, International Women's Day, but I guess we must also celebrate the strides that we have made and recognize also that there's many more hurdles and battles to fight ahead of us. Hey? Oh, most definitely, most definitely. So uh, this year, the global theme for uh, the International Women's Day is Embrace Equality. Mm. <laughs> You know, it's, it's a very deep theme, but if we look at it on a global scale, on a local scale, embracing equality is not something that we are seeing on many, many platforms, whether politics or business, in the education sector. Uh, equality is not being embraced in the way that it needs to be. No, definitely not. And especially here in South Africa. Um, I do think uh, on one hand, we do need to celebrate uh, South Africa. I think we are in the top five in terms of women representation uh, in in government and in our legislatures and also in parliament as well. Uh, Rwanda, I think, uh, leads ahead of us. So we are in the top five worldwide uh, in terms of as you know, getting there to the goal. But what that needs to transform into, Patricia, is that the positions that we now occupy or the powers or the influential positions that we now occupy, there's a new battle that the women who are in those positions need to fight, and that is to uproot the embedded patriarchal practices that is the, that causes or or is rather the, a symptom, or one of the symptoms is the inequality uh, that we have as uh, women. Uh, you know, women have fought hectically, especially in South Africa, for reproductive rights. And uh, just recently, there was a t- uh, 20, I think it was a 2014 um, report from the AIDS Council 
that women, I think there were 315 women who were forcefully sterilized mm-hmm. uh, mm-hmm. by our government. And there's nothing. There's been no accountability. So we make strides and legislatively, uh, you know, the government goes and they go and we change, well, not the government, but, you know, legislators go and they change and implement new policies. But they're not properly implemented. So hence we have this woman, and we only know of 486, I think it is, women who said and told the Human Rights um, Council that we were forcefully sterilized. The AIDS Council gives this report and then just nothing is done. So mm. those things are disheartening uh, in our journey and in our fight for uh, gender equality. Most definitely it is very disheartening because uh, justice has not really been served for these women. And I do remember that report and I've been watching it very closely, but nothing much yeah. has come from it. Uh, can we talk about the history um, of, of where International Women's Day comes from? Because as much as uh, there's a standoff between the Ukraine and Russia, but it was women in Russia who took a stance during the World War to say, we want to be granted the right to vote. And that happened on the 8th of March in the Gregorian calendar. Uh, Take us through this history. So, uh, Patricia, you're going to give us credit as the economic freedom fighters of conscientizing society because most people, you know, they take back uh, International Women's Day uh, to the United Nations when they declared it in 1975. But, I mean, it goes back to 1970 where the march was uh, led by a Russian woman, Alexandra Kolenka, I think I'm pronouncing her correctly, and uh, that led to the Russian Revolution. And that led to the incoming government that gave women the right to vote. So there was a time in our lifespan where women were not even allowed to vote. So that is a tremendous stride that women have uh, made. And it was the Communist Party uh, and the Communist Party leader, Lenin, who was the first to declare uh, into, uh, well, into a Women's Day rather as an official Soviet holiday. And then we had China and Spain um, who later also adopted uh, Women's Day, and then later in 1975, um, it was declared an International Women's Day. So we highlighted this history also just to conscientize our nation that the contributions of women can just easily be erased uh, from our history books, and particularly African women activism uh, and leadership over the centuries that we've had African women that have been at the forefront uh, in the fight for uh, gender equality across our continent as well. Leanne, I know today, like you you said in your opening statement, is a bittersweet celebration for International Women's Day because there's so much yet to be done. But yet, on the other hand, there are some great strides that women have accomplished. But uh, looking at a lot of um, media, it shows that there's been a lot of protests um, around the world. I mean, uh, India, France, uh, it's just been a lot of protests and these protests do you feel that this is a way that women are trying to further liberate or entrench their liberation in society well it's exactly that because the women's day international women's day has its roots in the spirit of a revolution because they started through protests and that's how it was recognized so the only way honestly 
that we are going to achieve gain the equality is through protest. I mean, countries, I mean, India yeah, have been faced with ridiculous high levels of rape amongst women, same as we have here uh, in South Africa. Uh, it's a worldwide phenomenon, gender-based violence and the violence that men commit against women and children remains uh, so across the world. And it's something that is deeply rooted in patriarchy and misogyny, which governments have failed uh, to dismantle because it's deeply institutionalized in um, in the systems like our government systems, but it's also outside of just government. It's in our families, it's uh, it's in our churches or our religious uh, institutions um, that we are part of. Uh, it's just everywhere. It's everywhere. Wherever we breathe, patriarchy and misogyny has had its way. And we have to be, the government has to be deliberate in dismantling this institutionalized patriarchy and misogyny. Because it literally just allows uh, men to rape, abuse, torture uh, women and children. And then the government, in the same breath, also even, what's the word that I even want to use, allows, so I'm saying that they allow this to happen, but there's also not a form of justice that happens after these crimes that have been committed against women and children. Mm. So protest is the only thing that I think governments understand across the world. Hmm. Well, Leanne, let's let's uh, wrap it up there. Thank you very much for joining us and happy International Women's Day once again. Thank you, you too, Patricia. That was uh, EFF spokesperson Leanne Mathis. Now we are going to be having a conversation still around International Women's Day with a woman who has really done so much, uh, advocate Brenda Madumise Pajibo, who's a South African advocate and businesswoman. She is an advocate that is um, always, uh, you know, advancing the cause to end all forms of violence against a woman. In um, 2019-2020, she co-chaired the Interim Steering Committee on Gender-Based Violence and Femicide at the Presidency. And uh, she is one of the founding directors at the WISE Collective uh, Feminist Advocacy Organization for Gender Equality through Advancing Women in uh, Inspiring Solutions for Empowerment. She's had a career like no other that uh, has spanned over two decades in legal, business, governance, and social society. And these sectors are quite critical. So this is a woman who's powerful but also speaks to some of the, the, the core fibers of 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 uh, difficulties faced by women. Thank you very much for joining us, Advocate. Uh, what a great pleasure to have you on the show. Oh, good, good evening, good evening, and thank you for the invite. Today being uh, International Women's Day, I'd like to wish you a happy International Women's Day, or at least the last a couple of hours of it. But I also want to find out from you, with all the work that you have done, um, you know, uh, especially um, for ending every and any form of violence against women and children, what does today mean to you and the organizations that you work with? So that was this, this day means it's just a reminder that we still have to ensure that justice prevails.
that women, just one woman who is subjected to any form of discrimination, of injustice, of violence, that has to be brought to an end. So it's a reminder that we, the work that we are on is the right path, and we need to continue to ensure that we read our society, we read communities, we read the world of, of these injustices. Advocate, are, is enough being done to emancipate women so that GBV is no longer part of our vocabulary in South Africa? Not enough is being done, and I think it's not enough precisely because we we think that it's a it's a a a, a responsibility of a few, right? Whereas it's a responsibility of the entire population to ensure that we we live in a violent free communities. Um, uh, we live in a violent free workplaces. We live in violent free political uh, organizations and establishments. We live in violent-free homes. We live in violent-free schools. We live in violent-free universities and Tibet colleges. We live in violent-free churches. We live uh, violent-free um, in, in, in every sphere and aspect of our lives. And, and so once we think it's a responsibility of a few, it is then that you are confronted with a situation wherein uh, a few of us stand up to point out the the injustices, whereas if all of us did the same, and I think if we all did it, we would then see results because we need to scale up any mm. intervention, any any program, any any response. We have to scale scale it up so that we can all feel the impact. Now, when it comes to reporting crimes that are committed or perpetrated against women and children, uh, whose responsibility is it? Because there's always the debate that the, it, 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 it is my responsibility as the victim. But the perpetrator's general society tends to turn a blind eye, further entrenching the fact that women are being marginalized. Yeah, so there's... there's always been that. Remember, we come from a an era where violence against women and young girls was seen as a private matter, especially intimate partner violence. So when it happens in the home, we all say, no, it's a private matter. We don't want to get involved, right? You you hear the screams, you you hear the, 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 the shouting, you hear, uh, you see the woman running out of her yard running away from her partner, and you look the other way because you say to yourself, it's got nothing to do with me, right? Mm, mm. One, what has happened now in the last is that the law has changed that places some form of an obligation on certain categories of people, right? For instance, if that woman who has been uh, assaulted by her partner and has, has bruises and goes to a clinic or a hospital whoever the first responder is that uh, oversees her injuries and records all of that has got an obligation now under the law to report that, right? If she goes to a social worker and shares all of that with the social workers and she's not comfortable to report the the, the crime, the social worker can do so. If she goes to an NGO that works in this field, that NGO can report on her behalf. So we have 
open up the law to to allow other parties to come in and assist where most times uh, the the victims are are, are too scared to report some of uh, some of the the violence meted uh, uh, on them but now the law requires an, an obligation for 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 those individuals that I've mentioned to to do so now as we close up our conversation in fact even yep. you and even you as someone you you can uh, report it anonymously you know mm, to, um, mm. and 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 let the police go to the home and and confirm and verify what you are saying I'd like us to close up here. In South Africa, we've received the statistics on a high number of uh, teenage pregnancies, and these are the women yeah. of tomorrow. For for me, it's alarming that there's so much um, responsibility weighing on the girl child, whereas those statistics also show that it is not necessarily boys their age. It is men who are older who are perpetrating this. How can we stop this scourge of young girls being um, victimized or enticed i don't know which word would be better by older men so i think we we, we men men must take responsibility for their actions on why is it that they and and i think it's a broader conversation that must happen where we 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 believe that we can um by so so let me deal with it in, in two ways. You know, we, we say it's teenage pregnancies. Most of the time, these young girls, is that it's statutory rape because it's a 14-year-old who has been um, raped by an older man. So if it's under 16, let's not call it teenage pregnancy. It's, let's call it what it is, which is a statutory rape, right? Because that, that child is underage, right? So let's put that aside and talk about a 16-year-old who we think in terms of the law consent to, to sex because the age of consent is 16, 17, 18, you, you can do so. But it, these are older men who, who, who do so. So what do we do as society to, to ensure that girls and boys, the sexual activity and is, is, is not even to curtail it, but to, to ensure that they, they are protected, right? It can't be the responsibility of women only or the young girls to ensure that they have protection, that they have to have contraceptives, they have to ensure that the boy or the man, the older man, is carrying a condom. It is it is the responsibility equally of the man. If you are going, if you think that you want to have engage in sexual activity with a young. Oh man, we've lost Advocate Brenda uh, Madumise Pajibo. Uh, we were connecting with her while she's out of the country, so I think uh, there was some connectivity issues there. Thank you very much uh, to her, though, for the conversation.